If at any point throughout the broadcast you hear a topic you would like to discuss or feel you have a tidbit that you could contribute, please don't hesitate to call in. I would absolutely love it. It would make my day. How about you, Brandon? Would it make your day? I don't really care. Great! The number to call is 718-928-9RFB. Again, that's 718-928-9732. And you know what? Even if you just want to call in and say hello, or better yet, call in and say, You suck! Go ahead. It would be just as delightful. Now on with the show... Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Now, if you didn't know, that last song was from Sister Act. Sister Act did the score and song arrangements for both Sister Act 1 and Sister Act 2. I do not believe he wrote the music for the musical Sister Act. Oddly enough, I believe that was Alan Minken. So, you know, who knows why. He probably has something else to do. Moving right along. Okay, so those were the honorable mentions. Now let's get back to the real list, shall we? All right, if you couldn't tell, that was Back to the Future. Hopefully you recognized it. Written by Alan Silvestri, he has won zero Oscars, two nominations, but he's won two Grammy Awards and two Golden Globes. Now, as I said before, a lot of these composers have special connections and working relationships with certain directors. Alan Silvestri has written the scores to every single Robert Zemeckis movie. Every single one, including Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and of course, this one. If you don't know, that's the theme and uh, the opening number to the score of Forrest Gump. Um, that was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Score in 1994, and it actually lost. It lost to The Lion King. And that was composed by someone we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But I have to be honest, that... It's tough. I mean, The Lion King was a great score, but man, Forrest Gump, I really think Forrest Gump should have won.
but it didn't. It lost to another great composer who, as I said, we're going to talk about soon. Back to the Future, Forrest Gump. Moving right along. All right, our next composer is James Horner. Now, James Horner has worked with a lot of directors, but he's probably, he he recently died in a plane crash, so God rest his soul. But he had a very close relationship with Ron Howard, for one, and, of course, James Cameron. He did the scores for Cocoon, Glory, Aliens, The Rocketeer, Jumanji, Braveheart, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Avatar. He also, fun fact, wrote the, um, the theme to the CBS Evening News. Who knew that? I did, and now you do. Unquestionably, the score he is most famous for, and for which he won an Oscar, is this. And yes, he did write this song. you don't know what movie this is from then you must live in some kind of a cave it's from titanic that epic 1997 hit won the oscar for pretty much everything including best original score and best original song both going to james horner the composer so yes a very good score a very good song whatever my favorite james horner score actually didn't get many accolades at all um i'm gonna i don't even think it was nominated for best original score, but it should have won it. idea what that's from? I'll give you a hint. It's a movie about baseball. Yes, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children longing for the past. 
Of course, we won't mind if you look around. You'll say it's only $20 a person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it, for it is money they have and peace they lack. And it's baseball they want to see. It's a movie called Field of Dreams that, um, believe it or not, I wasn't just making that up off the top of my head. That speech is given by James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. I love that score. I love that little theme motif that you heard over and over again. And, um, yes, a wonderful composer, James Warner. God rest his soul. Moving right along. Our next guy, composer is, um, bleep, get this, he's been nominated for 14 Oscars, and he's won zero. And I think he might hold the record for the most nominations without a single win. He does have an Emmy, though, and he's won five Grammys. Now, he, his name is Thomas Newman. He's the son of Alfred Newman, who actually himself won nine Oscars for Best Original Score. How's that for pressure? How's that for not living up to your father's standards? Okay. Like I said, every almost every composer has a nice relationship with a certain director. This one would have to be Sam Mendes. He has scored all but one Sam Mendes films. A few of his most notable works are the scores for Shawshank Redemption, Little Women, Meet Joe Black, The Green Mile, Aaron Brockovich, Finding Nemo, Wally, Slumdog Millionaire, The Help, The Iron Lady. But you know what? When I think of the best Tom and Newman, Thomas Newman scores, I think of two in particular, and they're actually very similar. Here's the first one. Revolutionary Road, starring, I just punched the mic for a third time tonight, I bet it won't be the last, Revolutionary Road, starring Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. What, geez, what, haven't they been in something else together? I can't remember. Hmm, weird. All right, so that's Revolutionary Road, but the most memorable Thomas Newman score in my mind would have to be this. And again, like I said, it's very similar to Revolutionary Road, but hopefully you'll recognize it.
hopefully you recognize that. It was the theme to American Beauty from 1999. American Beauty won a lot of Oscars. It was nominated for Best Original Score, but mm, lost. Again, Thomas Newman has never won the Oscar for Best Original Score. But you know what they say, 15th time's a charm. Moving right along. All right, we only have two more composers left. Our next featured composer, one of the best in the world, still is alive. His name is Hans Zimmer. He's won, he's won one Oscar, two Golden Globes, four Grammy Awards. He won his Oscar for The Lion King. Now, I always thought that The Lion King was composed by Elton John. Well, the songs were, and the Broadway musical was, but when it comes to the original score for the movie, Hans Zimmer. He also composed the scores to Rain Man, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Thin Red Line, Gladiator, The Last Samurai, Inception, Interstellar, just to name a few. But one of his most famous would unquestionably have to be... Driving Miss Daisy, a 1989 film starring Jessica Tandy, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, and Dan Aykroyd. It was one of Hans Zimmer's earlier scores, but a very memorable theme, a nice, nice little score. Did not win the Oscar. I don't know why I keep talking about Oscars, as if that's one of the first thing I said tonight, was that it's not all about the prizes, folks, but hey, the people want to know, so I'm telling them. Another uh, Hans Zimmer score that I think is really... It's really important to the film, for one thing, very important to the film, but also I think impressive because it shows how diverse he is, is the score to A League of Their Own. Here's just an, a sample. Uh, for what it's worth, this is called Playoffs, so it's around when they are playing in the um, Playoffs. seen a league of their own that might bring up some images for you that's yeah you i mean i love that movie that's a great movie and the reason i'm so you know i feel like that is a great example of his unique skill set is because that's a period movie it's set in the late 40s early 50s and as you can hear there's a lot of big band feel to it dixieland big band a lot of brass and whatnot very impressive however when it comes to Hans Zimmer's best work, I think, I really don't think there's any question. And it's funny, actually, because when I first saw these films, I just, I'll just get put it out there. He wrote the scores for all of the Dark Knight movies, the Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins, A Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. He did the scores for all three. And when I first saw uh, The Dark Knight in 2008, I remember telling someone, I think I even wrote an op-ed or something, maybe for the Indiana Daily Student, 
I was a student at Indiana University at the time. And I think I said, and I know I felt this way, was that it was one of, it might have been the best movie I had ever seen. But I felt like it was missing, one thing it was missing, like crazy, was that very signature, you know, that I thought it was missing that to be quite blunt it didn't really it, not that it needed the same Danny Elfman theme but it, it just didn't have a very memorable theme you know it didn't have like a light motive that ran throughout the film and I couldn't remember any you know melodies or anything at the time I was writing the op-ed well I wish I could go back in time and just slap myself in the face because I after listening to the score and listening to the you know the recordings and whatnot I think it's one of the best scores ever written and it has enough of a theme you just it doesn't jump out at you so here's a little sample of Hans Zimmer's work on the dark night it's a much longer cut than some of the others have, others have been and for that you're welcome composer and yes we're probably going to need 
the rest of the show to get through just even the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this man's work. Oh boy, this composer is 84 years old. His career spans over six decades. Let me say that again. His career spans over six decades. This guy has worked, truly has worked with pretty much everybody. He scored films for Alfred Hitchcock, Clint Eastwood. Oh wait, I guess those guys aren't contemporaries, are they? He truly has worked with, it's really kind of unbelievable, almost and when I say unbelievable, I mean I mean it in the literal sense. He is his first score, his first feature film was in 1958, and he's still going strong, still winning all sorts of awards. If you don't know who I'm talking about, well, come on. <laughs> Yes, that's right, I am talking about John Williams, the godfather of film composition. And when I say godfather, I meant the god of film composition. He, get this, has won five Oscars, five Academy Awards. He has been nominated 50 times. He has been nominated for 50 Oscars. That is the most anyone has been nominated for Academy Awards with the exception of Walt Disney. He has won four Golden Globes, 22 Grammy Awards. I mean, can you even believe it? Some of the most notable works we won't be discussing are, you know, Daddy-O's The Sugarland Express, The Long Goodbye, Tom Sawyer, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Dracula, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Indiana Jones Movies, Born on the Fourth of July, Saving Private Ryan, uh, the first three Harry Potter movies. Hook. I mean, he's composed... He composed the theme to Sunday Night Football for all you football fans out there. Oh, what else did he compose? Um, I think maybe something else you've probably heard before. If you're not sure what this is, it's the Olympic theme. He wrote the Olympic theme, still used to this day. Olympic theme, and also fanfare, which you'll hear in just a moment. Here it is. So, Olympic fanfare, Olympic theme, Sunday Night Football theme. He also wrote all the music for NBC News, that entire package. In fact, he even turned that project into a concert piece, Scherzo for Today. That's what opens the Today Show. That's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it's almost like you were hearing an orchestra. But he wrote The Mission, which is what you hear, to open the NBC Nightly News. He wrote, I can't remember what it's called in the actual orchestrations, but the... I, that's actually, they use that for breaking news on NBC, but apparently it's also the theme to Meet the Press. So he's done all sorts of stuff. You hear his music without even knowing it in your everyday life. But again, he has written, he's composed some of the most popular and recognizable film scores in cinematic history. He also is known for his close professional relationship with Steven Spielberg. Speaking of which, a lot of his most famous scores have come from Steven Spielberg films like this one.
was the theme to Jaws. Obviously, um, one of the one of my favorite John Williams scores is one that a lot of people forget that he wrote, and I won't play a lot of it because it's out of season. But it's the scores to Home Alone. Just beautiful. Um, I think that is part of what makes those films holiday classics. The beautiful score by John Williams. All right, so I'm going to be honest here. They, I love John Williams' work. I think he's almost flawless and almost flawless. Almost flawless, so I have to be honest. There is one of his scores that I don't like. What? No! I'm sure there's more, but there's one in particular that I don't like I think is really cheesy. And here it is. Do you know what it's from? you don't know that's the theme to the original superman yes the original superman film starring christopher reeve all right obviously musically it's fine but i just think it's really cheesy i mean if you went out to any backyard full of little kids playing superheroes and said oh you're a superhero oh what's your theme song most of the time you're going to hear something like oh i'm a superhero I mean, it's just like, okay, come on. I mean, it's cliche. It's like, well, duh. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it's not, it's not my favorite, okay? And that's all we'll say about that. No more blasphemy here. That's my least favorite John Williams score. But hey, for the one I don't like, there's probably 50 that I love. Like this one. Classic. One of the best. Jurassic Park. That's what that's from, if you couldn't, if you didn't know already, and you should have known already. One of my favorites, one of his best, but if we really want to get to the most epic and unbelievable of John Williams' scores, you have to go back a little bit further. Now, early on, I said that what makes a film score memorable and effective is if it's able to create 
a mental picture. If you can, if it can, if it paints a picture using music, well, you don't get any better than that. And there's not a better example of that than this. Now, that was just the first 11 or first 12 seconds. When I hear that, I hear movement. Now, whether it's someone rummaging through a crowd, running late and they're trying to get through a crowd, it's not necessarily frantic or they're like they're being chased, but I just hear movement. Someone's rummaging through a crowd, someone's running through a forest, they're swimming through, I don't know, some kind of restraint. And then, right at this moment, they bust through. Whether it's a crowd of people, once they get to that moment, they're free and they're off on their own. If it's a forest, they finally reach the end and they're out in the open field. That's what, that, that's what I hear. That's what I see when I hear that very beginning. Now, if you know what it's from, you know that indeed, at the beginning, it's a bunch of kids on bicycles racing through a forest. Racing, 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 racing. And at that moment, that... They don't break through the forest. They ride off a cliff. And when you hear that, suddenly you see a panoramic vision of their town because they begin to fly above it. Yes, this is flying. The theme from E.T.
chilling. It gives me chills, truly. One of his best scores, unquestionably. As I mentioned, John Williams has been nominated for an unbelievable 50 Academy Awards. That score for E.T., the extraterrestrial, was one for which he won an Oscar. I believe that was the first Oscar he won. This next piece is from Schindler's List, another score for which he won an Academy Award. This, um, I think this piece in and of itself captures really everything. I mean, it's like the whole mood of Schindler's List, the whole cultural element. I mean, it's talk about moving. This is the theme from Schindler's List. Very moving, very effective. He's the best, what can I say? Folks, we're just about out of time tonight. Can you believe it? It's gone pretty fast. 
And we're going to close with a piece from a John Williams score that I don't think, I mean, it's not one of his more, it's not one of his most famous and probably not one of his, one of his most recognizable, but it's one that I love and I think was very effective, was nominated for an Oscar, didn't win. It seems like if John Williams writes a, um, a score nowadays, it gets nominated for an Oscar, just period, just for writing it. But that's not to say that they don't deserve it. They're amazing. And as I said, when we started talking about him, he's 84 years old and he still works. In fact, he has gigs lined up through 2019. Yep, he's writing the score for Star Wars The Last Jedi this year. And next year, he's writing uh, the score for a movie called Ready Player One, directed by Steven Spielberg. And in 2019, he will score Indiana Jones 5, the fifth Indiana Jones, also directed by Steven Spielberg. It's unbelievable. He'll, when He's like the Tom Brady of film composers. Never gets too old to be the best, I guess. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but what can we say? He won his fifth Super Bowl, so I guess he's better than Joe Montana, even though he's not. Okay, to close out, um, you've been listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Jonathan B. Lerner, your host, every Monday night from 10 o'clock until midnight. If you'd like to tweet at us, we're at Next Best Radio. If you would like to like us on Facebook, we sure would appreciate it. Facebook.com slash NBT radio. And if you want to send us an email, nextbestradio at gmail.com. Also, if you go to the Radio Free Brooklyn website, you can find our show page. It's radiofreebrooklyn.com slash show slash the hyphen next hyphen best hyphen thing. And if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see there's a button that says sponsor this show. Man, if you did that, we sure would love the crap out of you and would give you a shout out every single week. So if you like the show, if you like what we're doing here, if you want to help us out, we really would appreciate it. Any amount, really. If you sponsor, if you can just give $5 a month, you know what? We'll be just as appreciative as if you gave us 25 We don't care. Any amount of support means a lot to us. So think about it. In the meantime, I hope you all stay well, stay warm. Like I said, it's January and February, the two worst months of the year. So, hey, we just got to get through this. And we will. We'll do it together. To end the show, here is The People's House. Huh. The People's House from the 2012 film Lincoln. Fitting, right? Enjoy. I'll see you guys next week.